Welcome to our first Good Friday service. Look at the person next to you. If you're on your own, look at yourself. Say, you look amazing this morning. And we want to welcome you, especially if you're visiting our church for the very first time. You are our VIPs this morning. We want to give you a wonderful Rhema South Coast welcome. We'd like to give you one of our welcome brochures and a little gift so you remember your first visit to our church. So if that's you, wherever you are, raise your hand nice and high, and we're going to give you a Rhema shout out. Anyone visiting for the first time? God bless you over there. Come on, church. Let's welcome our visitors. God bless you. So good to have you here this morning. And thank you for making the effort. If you'll flip that open, you'll see there's a section there provided. If you could just fill that in for us quickly. We'd love to know you were here. And then you could just indicate whether we could either send you an email or phone you. We'd love to get hold of you and find out how you enjoyed the service. You can then tear that, hand in the tear off to our information bar on your way out this morning, and we will know you are here. The other sections for you to keep, so you can connect with our church via social media. Go to our website, rfcfc.com. You can find out everything about our church, our vision, our mission. Uh, we upload our teaching resources there every single week so that you can continue to grow in your walk with God and become the Christ follower God wants you to be. We want to welcome all our children this morning. We do apologize for anyone that is inconvenienced. I doubt it has. But um, man, our church featured so well in the storms until the second last day, and then it just couldn't handle the water anymore from the back. You know, our back uh, auditorium and office center is about halfway below the ground. So when the water level gets up, it's really difficult to get the water out quick enough. We'd made some changes after the last floods when this whole building was a foot underwater. Some of us remember coming with our vacuum cleaners. So we did well, but this morning it really stinks in there. And we thought it wouldn't be nice to put your children through that. So hopefully by Sunday we'll be back on track. But I want to just tell all the children this morning, we do have a special treat for you if you persevere through the service with us. I can see some older folk here too. If you persevere and don't fall asleep, maybe we'll give you something as well. Uh, That'll be on Sunday. Yes, on Sunday. We will definitely give you something. All right. Now, don't forget, this Sunday we have our normal services. Uh, God willing and everything be normal, we will have children's church. Otherwise, we'll just have family service again. Um, But on Sunday, Sunday morning at 5.30 on St. Michael's Beach, weather permitting, we'll be having a special combined church sunrise service. It's always a lot of fun. We have over eight or nine, sometimes even more churches uh, come together. We worship, we preach the word, we have a children's event, uh, a children's item. It's really a lot of fun. So come and join us, and then you can come back and join us for eight o'clock and 10 o'clock here in our church. What a beautiful opportunity for us to celebrate the goodness of God and his faithfulness. We're in a series which we started last week, and uh, Pastor Manny did such a great job just laying the platform for us. And uh, so I want to call today on the back of yesterday, stepping into your new. Stepping into your new. So turn with me to 2 Corinthians 5.17. This is our text scripture. I want to read it out of two translations. In the King James, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Look at the person next to you and say, you are a creature. (laughs) 
You are a new creature in Christ. Now in the Amplified, it really brings out the, the, the heart of this scripture. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior. He is a new, create, a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings new life. Please highlight on the portions that are in the brackets because that's really the heart of our message. If you are grafted in because of your faith in the Savior, then you are reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. Your previous moral spiritual condition has passed away. And because of the spiritual awakening, you have new life. Amen? And so that's what we want to talk about. And, and like I said, Pastor Manny did a great job introducing this new series, talking to us about stepping out of the old and stepping into the new. In other words, the Christian's life is about ongoing transition and transformation. As a matter of fact, if you're not regularly going through transitions and transformations in your life, there's something missing in your walk with God. Because God loves you the way you are, but he loves you so much he's not going to leave you that way. Amen? We are all on a journey of becoming more Christ-like. And God uses our circumstances, he uses our lives, he uses this fallen world we're in uh, to bring alive his word and Christ so that we can transform. I love what Joseph Prince says. Inward transformation always trumps behavior modification. How do you know the world and many churches today are about behavior modification? Just act right and be right and look right. Jesus doesn't work like that. Jesus says, look at me and I'll change you on the inside and then the outside will follow suit. And so many of us focus on what's wrong on the outside. We get so caught up in that we become works driven and not grace driven. Grace-driven does not mean you don't change, you don't deal with sin, you don't face things. Grace means you allow God's power to do it. Can you say amen this morning? All right, so let's ask the Holy Spirit today to help us to understand not just that I've been made a new creation, but what does that mean? Because it really means that I don't have to live in the regret of the past and I can start making good choices that will produce and enjoyment in the future. Church, listen today. If you're born again, you get to spend forever with Jesus. How do you know that is good news? Forever. Forever. If I could put it into a natural analogy, it's like being able to play golf every day of your life for the rest of your life. On the best golf course. With the best set of clubs. And your wife's your caddy. So here's the question this morning. And I'm sure you've asked this because I ask this a lot. How come if I'm this new creation in Christ, if I have this spiritual awakening, why on earth am I battling so much? 
Oh, maybe I'm in the wrong church this morning. All of you are perfect and everything's great in your life. Have you ever asked, how come if I'm this new creation, how come if I've got the Holy Spirit and the Word and the good news and everything, how come am I suffering? How come, I, how come am I battling? How come do I struggle with so many things in my life? Am I speaking to the right people this morning? Well, I want to talk to you about that this morning because it's such a real question. And when you can answer this question, it helps you and I to understand the process of transformation. So the first thing is, we've got to look at groanings and sufferings to understand the glory that's to come. So turn with me to Romans chapter 8, verses 15 to 25. I know it's a lot of verses, and when I was was in Bible school, they taught me very clearly, don't ever talk about more than three verses at a time. But how many of you know we're not going to do what Bible school taught us today? In the Amplified... We're going to let the word of God speak to us this morning, literally. I'm reading out of the Amplified. Look what it says. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading again to fear of God's judgment, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, the spirit producing sonship by which we joyfully cry, Abba, Father. So the first thing he says is you've got to identify the fact that you are now a son and a daughter of God. You're no longer a slave. Say, I'm a son. Yes, even if you're a lady, say, I am a son. Loving that, aren't you? (laughs) Especially in today's society. If Paul was speaking today, he definitely would have said that you are now a son and a daughter. Because he would have been in such big trouble if he didn't. But he's trying to pass a concept. You're now a child of God. And that's your new identity. If you don't keep a focus and a handle on your new identity, you'll get very discouraged with the sufferings and the, and the troubles you face every day. He goes on, assuring us that we believers are children of God. And if we are his children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing His spiritual blessing and inheritance. The question this morning is not, do you deserve to be blessed? The question is, does Jesus deserve to be blessed? Yes, he does. If he deserves it, so do you because you're in him. Stop using your life as the frame of reference. Christ is the frame of reference in your new life. Amen? All right, so we have the spiritual inheritance. If indeed we share, listen, if indeed we share in his suffering, that we may also share in his glory. Oh, pastor, why did you have to go there? How many of you want the glory? Oh, come on, let's get, how many of you want the glory? All of us. Then you have to partake of the suffering. Now, what suffering is he talking? He's not talking about things that he redeemed us from. He's talking about the suffering of the flesh in the world we live. And every one of us goes through that. None of us are exempt from suffering in this world because this world is a fallen world. We have a real enemy and we have a real flesh that wants to keep you focused on the natural. And so that struggle, that suffering is a real thing. But here's the thing. When you share in the suffering and you leverage that, guess what? You'll also share in the glory. And I want you to know today, God is bringing the church back to the glory. The glory of God, which is in Christ. 
It's not in some great preacher, not in a great musician, not in what you do, not in what you have, not in material things. It's in Jesus. It's who you are in Christ and fulfilling that purpose in the kingdom. Here's the thing, church. Whatever you have does not matter today. What does matter is that you use whatever you have to serve God. If you, if you just make that decision this morning, and I'll tell you what, I want you to know, I'm making that decision this weekend to rededicate my life to Christ and stop focusing on my comfort and start focusing on my purpose. Are you hearing this morning, church? I know this is supposed to be a Good Friday message, but it is what it is. All right? Listen, for I consider, listen, from the standpoint of faith, that the suffering of this present life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed in us, to us and in us. For even the whole creation, listen, all of nature waits eagerly for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subject to frustration and futility, not willingly because of some intentional fault on its part, but by the will of him who subject, subjected it in hope that the creation itself will also be freed from the bondage to decay and gain entrance into the glorious freedom of the children of God. God wants you and I to enjoy a glorious freedom. And you know what that glorious freedom is? A freedom that does not look at this natural world but lives beyond this world in the spiritual realm. Your life is spiritual first and then it's natural. And when you and I start to get that revelation, we're free. It doesn't matter where we are, what we're facing and what's going on in our lives because it doesn't matter what that is. That does not control you. What controls you is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Say, I'm born again. Say, I'm free this morning. Say, I'm a new person in Christ. Hallelujah. We have reason to rejoice. Now, listen to this. Not only this, but we too, who have the first fruit of the Spirit, the joyful indication of the blessings to come, even we groan inwardly as we eagerly await for the sign of our adoption as sons or children. The redemption and transformation of our body at the resurrection. For in this hope we were saved by faith. But hope, the object which is seen, is not hope. For who hopes for what they already see? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly, we wait eagerly for it with patience and composure. Patience and composure. In other words, listen, your blessing has not even been manifest yet. You might be blessed today and you should be blessed and God wants you blessed and God wants you moving forward. God's got better for you. But I want you to know the biggest blessing is coming when your body gets transformed at the resurrection. And that will happen because God is not a man that he should lie. God is coming back for his church. And the Bible says in a moment, in the twinkling of the eye, we will all be changed. Woohoo! I can't wait to see my resurrection body, my transformation, that final thing where God says, well done, good and faithful servant. That trumpet blows and the dead in Christ will rise first. Church, that's the hope we have. So listen, here's the thing. That suffering is there to produce 
glory in our lives. And every time you go through something and you allow Christ to remain the center, God will transform you and he'll bring out his glory. If you're going through pain, if you're going through suffering, if you're dealing with fear, if you're going through stuff this morning, I want to encourage you, rejoice, focus on Jesus because that suffering will become his glory. He will transform you. So the next thing we've got to understand about what we're talking about old into new is you've got to understand transformation happens from glory to glory. Let's have a look at that scripture. 2 Corinthians 3 verses 9 to 18. Notice we're decreasing the scriptures. We've gone from 10 to 9. We're getting closer to Bible school level. All right, just work with me a bit. Also amplified. For it is... For if the ministry of this that sorry, if the ministry that brings condemnation, the old covenant of law, has glory, how much more does glory overflow in the ministry that brings righteousness? The new covenant, which declares believers free of guilt and sets them apart for God's special purpose. Please listen today. You. Just look at the person next to you, say you. Now, I'm waiting for you to do it. Look at the person, say you. If you're on your own, look at yourself and say me. Okay, what does it say? You are set apart for God's special purpose. Every person here under the sound of my voice, from the youngest to the oldest, you are set apart for God's purpose. Listen, God's special purpose. Here's the thing. Find out what that is and get busy with it. And we're going to talk about how we do that over this weekend and in this series. For if that law, which fades away, came with glory, how much more must the gospel, which remains and is permanent, abide in glory and splendor? Since we have such a glorious hope and confident expectation, we speak with great courage. We are not like Moses, who used to put a veil over his face so that the Israelites would not gaze at the end of the glory, which was fading away. Moses' glory was fading away. Our glory is getting brighter. (laughs) The child of God, your glory is getting brighter and brighter unto the day when Christ comes back. Can you say amen? Don't be discouraged today. Don't be downhearted today by what you're going through because it's just a season. It is subject to change. God is working in your life. God is working in your heart. God has got your best interests at heart. Church, we're going to get to Sunday. Sunday, we're going to talk about God's best for you. All right, let's read on. Lot gazed on the end of that glory which was fading away. But in fact, their minds were hardened, for they had lost the ability to understand. For until this very day, at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because it is removed only in Christ. But to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil of blindness lies over their heart. But whenever a person turns in repentance and faith to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage and true freedom. And we all, say we all, with unveiled face, continually seen as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are progressively being transformed into his image. Listen, from one degree of glory even to more glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So the two, from glory to glory, is a degree. God doesn't work in 10 degrees. 
God doesn't transform you in 50 degrees. He transforms you one degree at a time. One degree at a time. One degree at a time. And how many of you know that's really frustrating for us? Because we're like, God, just do the work so we can get on with it. (laughs) Come on, we all feel like that. But you see, that's the natural suffering, and it's that suffering in the natural that produces the degree. Because God knows what you can handle. You cannot handle what he wants to do in your life a year from now. He needs you to take one day at a time and step into it. Say, I'm going from glory to glory. Look at the person next say, you ain't seen nothing yet. God is just getting started. So, number one, we've got to understand suffering and pain. Number two, we've got to understand God changes us one degree at a time, from glory to glory. And number three, the third thing we understand understand about old to new, you've got to understand this, is God does not put new wine in old wine skins. And unless you go through the suffering and allow the grace and the anointing of God to rub you up and change you, God cannot pour the new wine into you that he wants, because if he does, you will burst. Can we read the scripture? Let's have a look at it together. Matthew 9 verse 17. Nor do they put new wine into old wine skins, or else the wine skins break and the wine is spilled, and the wine skins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wine skins, and both are preserved. God does not waste his glory, the new wine. So he's got to prepare you, the wineskin, and get you ready so that he can pour the new wine in. Here's the thing. When you don't cooperate with God, when you remain stubborn, when you remain proudful, when you don't allow God to work in you what he needs to work in you through the suffering which you don't like, guess what? He cannot pour the new wine because he cannot pour the new wine into the old wineskin because the old wineskin will burst. Now, let's have a look at this in context because it'll help you to understand the significance of what Jesus was actually trying to say to us on an ongoing basis. We've got to identify who was Jesus speaking to when he said this. I never looked at that before. I preached a great sermon on new wine into old wineskins. I've heard one of my greatest friends, one of my good friends, sorry, one of my good friends who's one of the greatest teachers in the world, Charles Neiman, teach an incredible message on this. Go and download it. And he speaks about how God rubs you up with the anointing to make you a new wineskin. But he never speaks about this. Listen to this. Who was Jesus speaking to when this account happened? He was speaking to John the Baptist. John the Baptist sends his disciples to go ask Jesus a question. It blew me away when I started to realize this. And listen to this. John the Baptist wasn't in prison yet. So my question is, him and John were greatest of friends, greatest of relation. They were spiritually connected. Why didn't John go ask Jesus himself? You know why? Because he was on the verge of getting upset. Listen, he was being pressured by the religious community of that time. You know why? Because Jesus was mixing with wine bibbers and sinners. And so he sends his disciples to to Jesus to say, please answer me a question. Why are your disciples not fasting and mourning? And Jesus answers them and says, listen, you know, he's with with the bride right now. Now's not the time, but in the future, in the new kingdom, they will fast and pray. 
And then he says this. He gives them two analogies. He says, you do not put a new patch on old garments. And you do not put new wine into old wineskins. He was telling John, the kingdom is about to change. You're looking at the natural religious world system of Israel. And you're thinking, I'm the deliverer in the natural and I'm not. I am setting up a new kingdom, a new standard, a new covenant. And I'm not going to pour this new wine into an old wineskin because it will burst and it will not accomplish its purpose. Wow. Now listen, later on. Later on, John would be imprisoned. And from prison, he would send his disciples again to Jesus. Listen to this question. And ask him, are you the one? Or should we look for someone else? John the Baptist, who from his mother's womb jumped when he met Mary and Jesus was still in the womb. They'd been connected from the beginning. John, who was sent to proclaim Jesus as coming, he was the most convinced out of everybody, right? And he comes forward, and now, in the end of his life, this is what he says. Go and ask Jesus, are you the one? Why? Because he had allowed his mind to be controlled by the old wineskin, And he never recognized the spiritual kingdom that Jesus was bringing. So listen, he started to get offended because look what Jesus says to him. This is so helpful to you and I. Uh, It's not in our notes, so just listen to the scripture in Matthew 11, 46. Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Church, we've got to guard our hearts and not become offended because if you get offended, it'll, you'll lose your head. That's what happened to John. He got beheaded. He lost his head. And sometimes we can lose our head. We can lose our moment. We can lose what God wants to do because we allow offense to set in over things that happen which we don't even understand. Here's what we've got to do. Look to the spiritual. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Look to, how many know there's so much going on in the world today? So many things happening in the natural. It is easy to get offended and upset and distracted by what's going. Here's what the church has got to do. Keep Jesus at the center. Our purpose is to win the lost and to make disciples. And if we'll just focus on that, yes, we've got to deal with the peripheral. Yes, we've got lives to live and all that. And God wants us to do all that. But it mustn't be at the expense of your special purpose. God's speaking to us as a church. Listen, you cannot make sense of a new season with your old lens, your old expectation, your old habits, the old regulations that control you. Here's what you've got to remember this morning. Write this down. He is with you. He is with you. That's what you've got to remember. It might look terrible. Amanda said it to me yesterday. We've had a crazy week. Yesterday was just the pinnacle of the crazy week. And she just said, Larry, just remind yourself, everything is fine. Nothing is wrong. God is still on his throne. Jesus is still busy doing what he's doing. Because in the natural, you can get so worked up so quickly and step into the flesh and process things from your normal mind and reasoning, and it robs you of the joy of the moment. And listen, God is building a new wineskin. In every season, ask yourself this morning, what is the old wineskin God wants me to lay down? What is that old wineskin? It might be a habit. It might be a mindset. It might be a frame of reference. It might be something, the way you are doing something. It might not be sin. It can be. 
but it might be something good that's worked up to now. And God's saying, listen, that's worked, but it's time for something new. And when you can grab what that is and allow God to work it in you, you'll step into being the new wineskin. And guess what? Jesus can pour his new wine into you. And you'll go into your new season. Church, listen to me today. I'm, I'm saying this. Please write it down. It's prophetic. It's true. This church is stepping into its new season. We are crossing the Jordan today, this weekend. We've been waiting. We've been waiting. We've been talking. We're saying God's going to do a new thing. God, we're stepping into it. And it's not what you think it is. It's not what I think it is. It's, I don't know what it is. But it's good because it's God. And it's going to take us to the next level. And we're going to have to embrace it. And we're going to might not. I don't even know if it's something I'm going to like. But I know I'll start to like it because whatever God does is always awesome. But you understand, in the natural, into the spiritual. And that's what Jesus was trying to say. Now, stay with me. Have a look at Matthew 1, verse 20 to 25. Remember, before Jesus came, Mary fell pregnant. And it says, but while he thought on these things, speaking about David, uh, speaking about her husband, who was Joseph, sorry, but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou, thou son of David, fear not, say fear not, to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she will bring forth her son, and they shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. She shall bring forth her son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. Say this to yourself. God is with me because Christ is in me. Now, just read on because I, I, I found this. Okay, maybe you won't find it a little humorous. I think it's a bit humorous. But anyway, Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Listen, then Joseph being raised from the sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. They took him unto, and took unto him his wife and knew her not Till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called him Jesus. Now, just work with me a little bit, okay? Joseph, young man, got this lacquer young chick. They engage. They're going to get married. Now, how you know, on the night of the marriage, they consummate the marriage. And I mean, for a guy, that's a big deal. I'm sure for a lady too, but for a guy, that's a big deal. So now, Mary falls pregnant. Joseph's distraught. He's like, who's there with my, with my fiance? I'm going to just put her out. Da, da, da. And he's godly enough to say, I'm not going to embarrass her. Then an angel appears and says, no, don't worry. God made her pregnant. Joseph's been like, really, Mary, this is, I mean, I've heard tall stories, but this one. It wasn't another guy. It was Jesus. Come on, church. Think about it. I think if it wasn't an angel, there's no way Joseph would have believed it. Listen, now the angel says, don't worry, marry her. It's all good. And I'm sure Joseph, being human, was thinking, right, marry her, and then I don't have sex for another nine months. <laughs> Seriously. But here's what I want to say. Now, listen, here's the power of this. Because Joseph saw the angel, could grasp the spiritual intensity of the moment, it gave him the strength to do what he needed to do, to honor God and to esteem the moment as valuable so that they could birth what God wanted them to birth. What is it in your life that God needs you 
to let go of, to lay down, to forget about, to pass on. To, I, I don't know what it is because it's different for everybody. But God's word in that moment is the new wine that gives you the strength to endure whatever it is you need to until the glory comes, until the new thing comes. And that's the process. You see, when you're conscious of his presence every day, you'll begin to experience his peace that brings a rest. Everything around you can be going crazy, but when you just, you got that peace and you're just resting and say, God is working here, God is doing something, then that'll produce a joy in your spirit that produces a strength that nothing in this world can offer. It's not a natural thing, it's a spiritual thing. It's a supernatural thing. And in fact, what happens in that moment, you become powerful just like Jesus. You're able to work in that moment, endure what it is you need to, and allow God to do what he, do. so, what he does. So in the last time, and maybe we'll just carry this on on, on Sunday. I'm not going to rush. I'm just going to take it, and we'll just let the series run. But here I want to talk to you in, in this moment just about a few new wineskins that God has given us as instruments to help us allow him to pour the new wine into us. Very simple. You'll know them. Nothing super, you know, nothing super hyper spiritual, but just practical, but very powerful. Here we go. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 10 to 13. You know, it's the chapter of love, but look what it says in verse 10. When that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, the word man there in the Greek is the word huos. It means maturity. When I became a mature believer, listen, I put away childish things. For we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also now known. So just let me help you here. I've always looked at this in the sense of the big picture that we don't know everything yet, but one day when Christ comes and we go to heaven, we'll know everything. And I think that's, it's got its place. But it's also in the moment, listen, when that which is old becomes perfect. In other words, in your life, in this season, when God shows you the next thing, it's taking you to the next level of perfection, the next level of Christness, Christ-likeness, the next level of your walk and growth in God. When you see that, listen, you start to let go of the old things and you put away childish things. Anything that's in a past season is childish because you shouldn't be doing it anymore. How many know this? Sometimes your children get to age and you say, stop it, man. You're older now. You need to be, grow up. Just look at the person next to you. Great opportunity if you're married. Look at the person. Just say, grow up. <laughs> I wish I was sitting right now. Just look at the person next to you and say, I'll just do it. Grow up. <laughs> Haven't you wanted to say that to some people? In your life. Well, you need to say it to yourself because what Paul's saying is, listen, you don't see everything, but how you know, then you come face to face like I have this week and suddenly you realize, oh, that's what God is saying to me. Now what? I'm ready to put away the childish thing and step up and allow God to do the new thing in your life which will produce and release the glory of God at the next level. And when that happens, listen, it doesn't, it's not about the thing, about what you accomplished, what you didn't accomplish, what you did do, what you didn't do. Because how you know, Jesus made this statement about John the Baptist. There is no other man who ever lived who is as great as him. That's the esteem Jesus had for John the Baptist, the respect. But listen, then he said this. 
He who is least in the kingdom is greater than him. Not, not dissing John, but explaining how the new kingdom works. Listen, whatever it is that you let go, that you count as child is because God's finished with it. God honors you in the new season to let you be who you need to be in the new season. And you know what we do in the natural? We want to hold on to all our accolades. We want to hold on to our past. Let go of your past. It can do nothing for you. Learn what you need from it and move on. Look at the person next to you. Just say, I'm shaking it off. God's got way more in store for me. All right, now look, he ends with this, and we'll probably only get to this now on Sunday. Oh, I'm so disappointed. Now abideth faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. Listen, Paul gives us three wineskins of the new covenant that we need to cherish, respect, and look after. What are they? Faith, hope, and love. Now, how many know... In today's society, we always think people put the first and most important first. They list them in order of priority. Paul did the opposite. He listed them in reverse. Faith, then hope, then love. The greatest of these is the one I mentioned last. So they build on each other. I always thought hope must come first before faith. But listen, if you have hope and no faith, your hope is empty. So you need to have faith because Faith gives your hope substance. And listen, faith only works with love. So these are the three wineskins. And I want to just take a minute to look at these today and probably now next week, uh, Sunday. Not next week, Sunday. Because these are so important to understand. Number one, the first wineskin, faith. Let's take a minute and we just look at this and then we'll pick it up. Uh, once our time's done, we'll continue on Sunday morning. Hebrews eleven six. it says, but without Faith, it is, please underline that, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Why? For he who comes to God must believe that he is, that's faith, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Wow. God has got rewards for you. God has got blessings for you. God wants to reward you. How do you tap into that? By having faith, by believing in him. By, despite what your natural man is, what's going on, in, you say, God, I'm trusting you. My faith is in you. I'm hoping in you, Lord, and my faith will bring me through. Listen, God's going to start rewarding you. So write this down. Faith is a simple yet strong belief, stroke confidence, that God and the Bible are the absolute truth. And what God says, he will do. That's your bedrock. Faith is a simple, strong belief and confidence that God and the Bible are absolute truth. Now, read Hebrews 11.1 1, in light of that. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So write this down and listen to this. This will help you. It helped me. Faith is a choice. Faith is a choice you make. It's a decision you make. I'm going to believe God and his word. And I, be, I believe today more than ever before as a church, we need to make that decision again. I'm going to have faith. I'm going to believe what God says. I'm making a choice to have faith in the word and to take God at his word. God said it. 
that settles it. Amen? Doesn't matter what happens in the natural. Because when I believe God and I trust God and I put my eyes on Jesus, I leave the results to Him. And I allow Him to work because I trust all things work together for good to those who are called according to His purpose, who love Him. So you know what? The outcome does not matter. It will be in my favor. Regardless of the choices other people make, regardless of what happens around me, regardless of what the circumstances do or don't do, God is working in me, for me, and his glory will be displayed through me. Guess what? I'm a winner. Just look at the person next to you. Say, I am a winner. Oh, come on, man. Say it with passion. Say, I am a winner. Okay, James 1, verse 5 to 8. Look at this. If any of you, we're nearly there. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. But listen, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded, unstable in all his ways. Man, let me just talk from my life. I look back in my life and I look at the times I didn't get what I was trusting God for. I also recognize I was being unstable. Why? Because I was doubting. And that's okay. We have seasons where we struggle with that. The, the disciples did. And Jesus just corrected them and said, go on. Peter got out of the boat. He walked on the water until he what? And still he looked at the waves and started doubting and he started to sink. What did Jesus do? You terrible disciple, you will drown here today. No. What did Jesus do? Stepped up and helped him back into the boat. And in all eternity and the world, no one else has ever walked on water. Peter's the only one. Well, Jesus did. For let not man that suppose. You see, sometimes we want to look at every other reason why things aren't happening. And sometimes we've got to just look at ourselves and say, you know what? Maybe I'm doubting. Maybe I'm just not believing God. And it's okay. I'm not condemning you. I'm saying just be honest with yourself and say, Lord, help my unbelief. We'll talk about that on Sunday or the following Sunday now because everything's getting knocked down the, the track. I'll finish with this. Faith is action. Faith is the action of including God in every aspect of your life, and resisting doubt and unbelief. Faith is releasing God's word into your life and into the world, convinced it will achieve that which it's been sent to do. So we'll close with this this morning. Trust God this morning, whatever you're facing, but build your faith in the word, because when the word comes, faith comes, that you're going to keep trusting God, that you're going to rededicate yourself to his special purpose for your life, and you're going to step into the new that God has for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you that your word never returns void. Thank you for speaking to us this morning, this Good Friday, in a specific way that is unique and powerful to our lives. We embrace, we celebrate, and we receive it into our hearts today. I pray for every person that they'll be convinced, encouraged, and uplifted by your word this morning. Maybe you're here, you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. You're not born again. You're not born again. Thanks. You're not born again, 
and you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life today, maybe you're watching online, and oh my, I'm so sorry I never welcomed the online viewers, but if you're here today, you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, would you take this moment and just say, Jesus, I want to be saved. I want to make you my Lord. And simply pray and believe in your heart that he is the Son of God, that he died on the cross and was raised from the dead for you. If you'll pray that prayer this morning, God will save you. If you're here today and you want to pray that prayer, just raise your hand wherever you are, and we'll know we need to pray for you. If you're online and you've prayed that prayer already, please send us an email or WhatsApp. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what God has done in your life. Send us an email, and we'd love to connect with you and find out what God is doing in your life. We thank you for your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we are breaking tradition, but I know it's traditional that we just do communion on a Sunday, but we haven't done communion for so long. We were like, we're going to do it both Friday and Sunday this weekend, because how you know, communion is a special moment. It's a powerful moment when we acknowledge, receive, and step into the glorious covenant that Jesus paid for, a better covenant. So you have your elements on your chair, and if you'll take the, let me tell you how it works, if you just... Scratch the top piece, you'll see there's a little film. If you just pull that back, it'll expose the communion bread. And then if you break the little piece sticking out off, and you pull that back, it'll pull the silver paper off, which will then expose your communion juice. Now, you've got to bend it right back to the bottom for it to snap. Uh, Some of us struggle. I know I struggled at first. So... Take your communion bread out first, otherwise you might struggle to get it out. So slide off the thin form first, and then that little piece sticking out, bend it right down until you hear it click and back up, and then you can peel off the top piece. And you don't have to peel it all the way. You can just leave it on the edge like that, and then it doesn't create more mess. I'll give you a chance just to do that. Now remember, when we partake this morning... We're trusting the body of Christ that was broken so that we can receive healing, breakthrough, and victory in our lives. And we're trusting the shed blood of Christ, which is represented by the, by the juice, for our forgiveness and for our healing. Let's partake together. You all ready? Okay, we're waiting for a few more. We'll give you a minute. Hallelujah. The body of Christ that was broken for us. Thank you, Lord, for your incredible online. If you want to just get a a little biscuit or any piece of food and a juice or a little bit of water, partake with us today. Father, thank you for your body that was broken for us today. We honor you and we love you and we receive your provision into our lives right now in Jesus' name. And this is the blood of the new covenant that speaks of a better covenant based on better promises. Thank you, Jesus, for your incredible love in our lives. Hallelujah. You can stand to your feet. Thank you so much for being here on this Good Friday. I'm going to ask you to please take your empty cup. We have dustbins on the outside as you go out. You just pop them in there. That'll help us get ready for our second service. 
If you're a child under the age of 13, if you'll see our children's church teachers, they're out by the courtyard. Uh, they have got a special treat for you, uh, Easter egg, as you go today. You can see them before you leave. God bless you. We love you. And we hope to see you on Sunday morning, either at 8 o'clock or 10 o'clock. Don't forget the coffee bar is open. We have lovely hot cross buns this morning, tea, coffee, and cold drinks. Join us before you go. We love you and have an enjoyable rest of your weekend.